Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Kennedy, and I'm here to help you become the very best version of yourself. What is up, guys? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. And today I'm joined by an absolute legend um, of not only Australian basketball, um, but internationally as well, former professional basketballer, now commentator for the NBL, um, very much so a larger-than-life personality, Corey Homicide-Williams. This chat was was epic. I, I loved it. I really enjoyed um, speaking with Corey. I literally could have sat there and, and chatted with him all day um, about all things basketball, and he's just a, an inspiring guy to talk to. Anyone who follows him on social media will know um, what's, what type of guy he is and, and how much um, positivity he he kind of um, spreads and 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 gives to to everyone who follows his content, um, and I was very appreciative of his time. For those of you who don't know who Corey is, as I said, former professional basketballer, um, played here in the NBL with the Townsville Crocs, also the Melbourne Tigers. He's played internationally. He's an NBL MVP back in 2010, made the All NBL first team three times NBL. Uh, all NBL second team, and uh, and I mean this guy just lives and breathes basketball. Um, again, super positive guy, and you will hear his voice on the NBL. He is one of the uh, one of the commentators of the league right now, and he's doing such big things um, in the world of basketball, and particularly with the NBL. So, a big thank you to Corey for joining today's show. And before we get stuck into it, I just want to thank today's sponsor of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast, and that is EHP Labs. Um, these guys, as you know, are supporting me at the moment. I've been a big supporter of their brand ever since I started in the health and fitness industry. And um, they have some incredible products. Um, you know, their supplements that I'm using on a daily basis include their OxyWay protein powder to help me reach my protein intake for the day. I love the Oxy Shred first thing every morning with my coffee or to replace the coffee, either one, you know, all the way down to creatine monohydrate pre workouts, probably the best pre workout on the market. Um, but a big thank you to EHP Labs for sponsoring the show. And I'd love for you guys to check out their products. If you haven't already, you can use my code DJK10 for 10% off all EHP Labs products via their website, guys. Check them out. Let me know what you think. Um, but for now, let's get stuck into this really enjoyable chat with Corey Homicide-Williams. Corey Homicide-Williams, welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast, my man. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. I've uh, been super pumped for this episode, so um, let's get stuck into it, man. But, but welcome to the show, first off. Glad to have you. Glad to be on, man. Thanks for having me. What's going on? Busy as always, man. And, uh, and I know you are as well, you know, keeping up with, you, with your socials and um, obviously listening to you on, on all the NBA, NBL broadcasts and uh, just quickly chatting before the show. You're a busy man. So like I said, it's much appreciated that you, you joined us today. But there's heaps I want to get into, man. So, so where should we start? Look, obviously you're coming over to, to Australia um, for your basketball career. One thing I've been wanting to ask you is, is what was like the main difference that you saw in the Australian basketball scene compared to, to growing up um, playing in the States and, and was it something that you enjoyed and, and how were you able to adapt to the different style of basketball initially coming over here? I mean, well, that's a good question. Um, I played basketball throughout my career all over the place, right? I, I was lucky to hit five continents doing what I love to do, playing the game that I love. So, Although I'm from New York City, I'm from the Bronx, I've seen the whole world pretty much. 
So it wasn't, wasn't difficult to adapt. Actually, it was easier here to adapt with the lifestyle because this, is the, this place is closer, is the closest thing to America, to be honest with yeah. you, in terms of lifestyle, um, Western culture, Western civilization. Um, it's uh, a melting pot here. Similar food, people speak English, easy to get around. Ask me about living in Iraq. That's the question, <laughs> right? How was that? Yeah. Over here, it was easy. You know, obviously, it's summertime when the season is, is basketball season is in for the NBL. So it's easier to adapt here. Um, life as an import player, you're forced to adapt quick. That's just the job. You know, you got to go in, you put your suitcase down in your hotel or your apartment, you get to work. So mm. a lot of times, you don't even get accustomed to the lifestyle because you throw yourself into your work the reason why you're here yeah and look i think because of that reason i feel as though you know someone like yourself is able to adapt so much quicker to any circumstances right so like you look at society in general over the past 12 to 18 months like everyone like the people that have done well and that have been able to come out on top of this whole lockdown quarantine situation shit is the ones that are able to adapt the quickest and I mean, for someone that's used to that, used to being thrown in the deep end and just having to, to adapt with that shit on the fly and, and, and make it work, I feel as though someone like yourself would kind of embrace this current, I guess, climate and, and things constantly changing, things constantly, uh, you know, hoops having to jump over um, all the time. So how have you found this past, yeah, 12 months having to adapt to constant lockdowns, um, changes with obviously the NBL fixture and how you're able to work, whether it's doing things like this, having to record podcasts and interviews online instead of in person. How have you found this whole thing? And, and what is, I guess, have been the things that you've done on, I guess, day-to-day basis to keep yourself up and about and keep that, that, um, that grind going, even when you have to adapt. Never lose sight of why you're, why you're here in the first place. Like for me, I got big goals. I got big dreams. I think that's why I'm so motivated, always working, always amped up and my energy is always up because I know what my end result should look like and is going to look like. So mm. regardless of what type of adversity is in front of me or I hit, I'm going to find a way to continue to move forward, right? There's two things you can do when adversity hits you. Oh, why me, why me? Mm. Or you know what? I'm going to look at this and learn from it, grow from it, and continue to find a way to move forward and make sure if I'm ever in that situation, I know how to deal with it. Yeah. It's just two types of people in the world. That's, it's that simple. Yeah. I'm not looking for nobody, nobody to help me. I'm not looking for nobody to coddle me when things get hard. I'm going to get through whatever I got to get through. You know, sometimes mm. I might cry. I have my moment. I'm human like everybody else. And I keep moving forward. As, yeah. At the end of the day, I'm a man. Yeah. There ain't nobody here to, to hold me if I fall. You know what I mean? I'm a grown-ass yeah. man. So you got to find your way through. And um, I just kept, kept the eye on the prize and never lost sight of the end result and the vision. So I would find ways to stay busy. I would make sure, okay, I got these podcasts to do. I'm with this brand over here. It, this was the NBL off season. Yeah. I literally, we only had like one day a week to do work, which was NBL overtime because it's the off season. Yeah. Right. So I would fill my 
my calendar with other things going on. You know, I started yeah. working with NBA Australia. I started doing things with, um, I started doing my, my lives. I was interviewing, um, I have a lot of friends that, well, not a lot, but several friends that work in the NBA. Yep. Coaches. So I was interviewing them. We were talking about their life stories. You know, um, I was just putting a lot of positive energy out there to, to motivate, impact, inspire, and educate people. You know, how I got here. How was I able to transition from playing basketball to my current space right now, right? Yeah. I don't wear a mask. I don't need to just wear a suit every day. How am I in this space being myself? You know what I'm saying? So 100%. Yeah. people want to hear the story. So I was just giving away free gems. And that right there is like refreshing to me, helping others, inspiring others. And you know, my, my DMs would go off on all the platforms that I was on. So that would help me get through days when it was quiet or things were slow. Yeah. You know, that's, that's just what I was doing, just giving away good food for thought, giving yeah. away the, 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 the goals, the jewels. I was giving away the jewels for free. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I mean, doubling down on on what you can control, right? Like I talk a lot about focusing on only on what you can control. Outside of that, the rest is a waste of your time and energy. And, and you know, personally, I've been in a similar boat, both like every single time we've reached in, we've kind of gone into this lockdown moment. It's like, all right, fuck, I can't do what I usually do or I can't do certain things that I want to do. I can sit around and wait for this to pass and be in the exact same position or worse, or I can go out of my way to produce content like this, reach out to people that I maybe wouldn't even usually get to speak to because they're, they're busy, they're, their schedule's so busy, whatever it may be. But it provide that positivity and the content and, and just do the work. I mean, fuck it. You just got to work with what you've got. And I think, uh, you know, I love your social media. I love seeing how much work and how much time you put in. It's not about going in and trying to make really highly produced videos and all this stuff. It's like speaking your mind, providing value, showing others that it's all right to speak your mind and, and just starting a conversation as well, which I, I really like. I want to touch, stay on the topic of the NBL. Um, I had uh, Jeremy Lolliger on recently. We spoke about, you know, the transition of how the, the league's gone from almost non-existent a few years back to, to now being at a really high level. And obviously COVID wasn't ideal. Um, we're in a really good position before we went into lockdown and unfortunately, you know, lose some plays and stuff like that from some imports and everything. But I think it's still definitely heading in the right direction. How do you see the league at the moment and what do you think it's going to take the league to, to level up again and take that next step forward now because we've gone from pretty much non-existent to being in a position which is awesome and it's, it's epic. Like the crowd's loving it, the fans are loving it, the players clearly love it. What do we need to do next to keep moving forward? I think um, NBL have done an incredible job continuing to be innovative and adding more value to the league and different levels and more layers to the league. I think the, the illest thing that they've done was next stars. Mm. That put the league globally on the map to stay. This league is a legitimate threat. Here's why. What did the NBA G League do? They got a Next Stars program. Yeah, yeah. You ever heard of the, the, the Instagram page, the company, the brand called Overtime? Yeah. They just aligned themselves with Drake and Jeff Bezos, who dumped a shitload of money into their league. They created a league where high schoolers who are the future, 
they can sign them and play in that league and don't even think about going to college anymore. Yeah. Well, this thought, all uh, happened yeah. because of the NBL next stars. Yep. So it brought the NBL to the forefront, like to stay. Now we are competing. So it's like idols becoming rivals. Mm-hmm. NBA did that. Adam Silver said what they're doing in Australia in the league with the next stars, the NBL, it's incredible. I would want my son to go there. <laughs> yeah. So of course, if Adam Silver, the commissioner of the biggest league in the world, says that, you got to know when he says something like that, there's plans in the pipeline to compete with that and yeah, keep sure. our young talent on yeah. American soil mm-hmm. into that G League program. And it's great, you know, because if you do great things, you know what I mean, people want to duplicate that. So that just goes to show you where the NBL jumped to the next level. But now to get, because there's always higher levels to reach, right? Yep. To get to the next level, mm-hmm. here's what has to happen. A TV broadcast deal, a broadcast rights deal has to happen next. Because you need, you need. I don't know who would it be, as long as it's a respected global brand, here's 50 million, here's a hundred million dollars. We want to own the rights to this. Mm-hmm. Then, next level. Yeah. So in my in my eyes, that's what needs to happen. So at the moment, like the in Australia, obviously we can watch, uh, you know, X amount of games through um, through ESPN. Is that being broadcasted internationally as well through ESPN, or is that just Australia? Australia. Uh, Australia, New Zealand, and some of the games go internationally. Yes. Some of them, yeah, okay. Yeah, right. So, yeah, for me, I just, I just, I think that's the next level of the NBL. I think, you know, you touched before on how you telling your stories, how, how, how much someone telling their story is inspiring and it, and it controls a narrative or, or it gives the viewer, the fans, the narrative of, of someone's journey and stuff like that. And I think I couldn't agree more. How do you think we can use like the media people like yourself to go and sit down or, or, or be able to document a journey of a guy like LaMelo Ball or RJ or someone like that who has come to the league and then get their inside thoughts and their, their I guess, just documenting their journey on why they wanted to make this decision and how much it's, it's significantly helped them, whether it is going back and speaking with these guys a year or two into their pro their pro career in the NBA and being able to show the younger guys that look, fuck, if it's good enough for someone like a LaMelo Ball, then why the hell wouldn't it be good enough for the next guy, the next guy after that? And and how can we use the media to really ramp that up a bit? Because, I mean, storytelling is just so powerful. Storytelling is huge, but I think it's not just necessarily the media. I think there's so many other media outlets. Like, for example, look at what we're doing now, right? Yeah, 100%. We're doing yeah, the podcast yeah. right now. So I think... The first step of, like, let's just say R.J. Mello's journey, mm-hmm. the NBL Next Stars docu- documentary drop, right? There's a docu-series right now that's out right now yeah. on ESPN. Yeah, right? And it was in theaters a couple months ago. Like, that's the first step of it. A mm-hmm. couple days from now, Mello get rookie of the year. That doubles down even more. Uh, it gives more validation to this pathway, right? Yeah. He would not have been this ready had he not gone this way. RJ Hampton finishes up the last month, rookie of the month. He gets in the right situation after the trade to Orlando, 16, six and six, he put up something like that. So it's about um, the right situation worked out. You're absolutely right. Two, three years from now, you sit down with them and talk about the impact that going to Australia and playing 
in a world-class league with grown men, what, how did that really impact them and prepare them for where they're at? Because in yeah. two, three years from now, listen, we just saw a glimpse of what the future is going to be for those two young men. So i um, grateful to have them in this league and they really helped put this league on the map. Out of the Australian guys that are in, in the league at the moment, who, who do you think is someone that uh, I guess the public or the general fans are sleeping on a little bit? Who do you think is someone that's going to come up through the ranks and has that potential to maybe make it to the league or even just shine in the NBL, in the NBL and really break out? that maybe not be getting the attention that they probably deserve right now. Josh Landale is the real deal. Mm. Um, Josh Giddy, he's the future of Australian basketball. We'll touch on that in a little bit. Yep. We'll go in depth, a little deeper about him. But um, Jock Landale, again, he's the real deal, man. I know several teams in the NBA want him. There's nothing he can't do on the floor. He could defend from the three-point line. He could defend smaller guys at yeah. the three great rim protection ability, can shoot the three, which means he can stretch the floor. Mm -hmm. um, he can handle the ball. He has a nice mid-range game. He has a nice face-up game. He can post up. There's nothing he really can't do on the floor. Um, the pandemic has helped this league tremendously. There's positives and there's negatives, but there's players that we would have never gotten in yeah. this league had it not been because of the pandemic. So um, we are still the envy of the world. Look how safe it is here. Yeah, it is a little lockdown here, but look at what the rest of the world was going through and is going through compared to what's going on in this country, Australia. So it's almost like, you know, before this pandemic, majority of Aussies would always say, man, we're so far from the rest of the world, you know, we're so far, it takes this long to get there, blah, 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 right? Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's like, now. So glad we're yeah. so far. <laughs> Thank fuck for that. Hundred <laughs> percent, man. Before we, I want to, I want to keep keep on the uh, conversation, the topic of the NBL and and the NBA. Um, but before we get back onto that, I want to just go back a step more about you a bit more personally. Again, um, obviously coming from a professional career as a player, now now in the media and and still from the outside in. You know, it looks like you're carrying that same work ethic, that same drive and the same hustle that you had as an athlete. What are some of the main values or the main components of being a professional athlete that you've been able to transition across into your professional career now that you think have just helped you immensely compared to what maybe some others in the same industry just lack because they haven't had that experience as a pro athlete? Um, the first thing is not using the word hustle. Hustle has a negative connotation to it. So I prefer the term working diligent. Okay. I think that um, if you saw a successful CEO with 20 companies and they're all successful and he doesn't sleep all day or night, right? What would you call him? What would you identify him as? What would I identify him as? Yeah. Hustle. You'd say he's a successful, successful businessman. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's just a diligent worker. You know what I'm saying? That has a team that I know he's saying, yeah. to figure it out. So um, it's more identifying, man, what your goals are and just working hard until you get to it. I think that you apply that into every facet of your life. There's no way you can't succeed. 
You know what I mean? Like, that's what I took from the game. Yeah. I was very grateful. I smile every day because I naturally am happy. Yeah. Like, I talk for a living. <laughs> I get paid to give my opinion. Yeah. And it's so interesting to me because at times, like, I'll say things and it won't be right. They'd have come back. I wasn't right with that. And people will laugh. And I'm like, I don't get paid to be right. I get paid to give my opinion. Opinion, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Your opinion's never have, gonna always be right. Yeah. Oh my God. At the end of the day, I'm not here to be, I don't get paid anymore on wins and losses. Mm. You know what I'm saying? When yeah, I was shooting up, yeah. it was wins and losses. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not paid for that anymore. And I'm grateful for the space that I'm in because ultimately I left the game because I got the opportunity to commentate and cross over. Yeah. And in life, a lot of times as athletes, the game leaves you. Yeah, for sure. Oh, no, I got, I got a couple more years. You're chasing the last couple of years of your career. Father time is undefeated, right? We all know this. Mm. And the game leaves you, and you don't know what you're doing next. I had a couple other options, but I just felt this option suited me best. Yep. Because I played in this country. I've had success on the court. People know I talk a lot. <laughs> so <laughs> to have an opportunity to work in a country that's as close to America as possible, safe. Yep. I've had success on the court. I built a fan base off the court. And I'm talking about something I am obsessed with. Yeah. How the fuck is that not a win? Doesn't get any better, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like... I think the biggest thing that most people don't do or are unable to do, identify your win. My win ain't your win. Your win yeah, ain't my exactly. win. Yeah, it's so it, a lot of people watch other people. Comparison to other people. And yeah. miss their window, their win. Yeah. And it's too late when it passes them by. And that's when a lot of times the mental health issues get higher. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A lot of people don't recognize their opportunity. Uh-huh. And I saw something five years ago and I was like, I knew today would be what today is five years ago because I don't lack foresight. I knew if you put in the work and you apply the same mentality like you did with the game when you were on the court, yep. I knew where I was going to be. Hmm. So it's just, it's about, again, visualizing what you want, yep. coming up with a plan, have people that's down with you and your plan and your vision. If not, do it by yourself. Yeah, for sure. You got to do the heavy lifting by yourself. Mm. That's what you got to do. You in the fitness, right? Yeah. Can you just walk in the gym and come out with the beach body that you want? Yeah, no. Oh, no, you no, can't. No. You got to do heavy lifting. Yeah. That's the analogy I'm going to give you. And that's what I apply with my life in every facet. Yeah. You, you touched on, I think, it, yeah, 100%. Like comparison is, is an absolute killer. I put a post on social media today. Some of the thing, you know, something that I think uh, kills a lot of people's dreams. And also, as you said, t- like really gives you that negative mental health. But it also takes away from what your goals is, what you're trying to do is the comparison, the constant comparison to other people's lives and what their goals are when they're not even yours. Like stay in your lane. They're not even your goals. Stay in your lane, yeah. Why Figure you out what your goals are, 100%. Yeah. It doesn't even, like, think about it. There's so many people with Instagram followers, right? Mm. And they just do this, and they do this, and they do this. And you ask them, 
what is the percentage of the followers of the people you follow mm. on your Instagram that align with act- your actual goals, your life goals? Yeah. Who you, are you following? Oh, yeah. There you go. 100%. You know what I mean? And then you tell me if your priorities is right. Yeah. What in regards to mental health, I talk a lot about this on the show when we've had some incredible guests on. And I think, you know, just naturally just hearing you speak, you're someone that um, seems to be quite into the whole law of attraction manifestation. Manifestation, You you seem to know what you want and you bring it into existence. In regards to mental health, I think it's pretty safe to say over the past 12 to 18 months, it's a a topic that for a lot of people, it really would have suffered a lot. Um, You know, people to varying degrees have had significant loss. Um, have just had stress, anxiety, and it seems to be heightened when shit like this happens. So what's something that do you do anything on a daily basis, whether it be meditation, uh, whether it be just reaching out to friends, whether it be writing shit down, journaling and things like that um, to take care of your mental health? Yeah, I write down stuff. I wake up every day, um, at least five, five reasons minimum mm-hmm. why I'm grateful. Awesome. I mean, that's important. You know, I took a lot of L's in the last year. It's okay. I'm still here. You learn from it, you continue to move forward. You know, I'm human like everybody else. There's days I'll be sad, you know, but I got to remind myself like there's people far worse situations and far worse situations. And honestly, to be honest with you, I got first world problems, man. So that's why I wake up grateful. Grateful. You know what I'm saying? Like there's things that whatever L that I took in my personal life. All right, cool. There's people far off, way worse. Yeah, fuck. People would love so to have really, some of our problems. What am I really complaining about? Yeah, people would love to have you know some of our problems. Like, come on, man. My 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 issues ain't no 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 real issues compared to what people in this world are going through, man. I'm alive, man. I'm healthy. I'm in one piece, and I'm doing. I do what I love to do. What I'm obsessed with. Grateful. I'm working. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I don't live. I don't live in a shelter. You know, like I'm grateful. I got a job. I'm intact. Yeah, man. So like my issues Gratitude. ain't real, no, no real issues, man. That's good. That's awesome. Gratitude is such a powerful thing. Moving back to, back to the NBL now. I see you got that Brisbane Bullets hat on. Um, <laughs> be, be my guys last night, the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Uh, one of my best mates, Mitch Creek, had a big game, Mitch but Creek. it just, uh, just fucking was not enough. I mean, they're in a bit of a slump, but, Look, uh, give us your give us your prediction for for the champions this season, um, and then just give us your thoughts as well on, on the where we're at with this with this stage of the season. I mean, it's wide open now. There's there's multiple teams that are going to be fighting for the finals, which makes this last couple of weeks just epic to watch. Um, yeah, tell us tell us your thoughts, man. I think that the last few years, it's always come down to the last game in the final round in the NBL regular season, which is great. Edge of, the, edge of your seat stuff, right? Who knows what's going to happen? A couple weeks ago, I'm like, Phoenix on a four-game win streak. They'll lock in third place. They're fighting to keep their fourth place alive. They could right. be on the brink of not making it, as crazy as that sounds. Yeah. But that's the reality of it. They got their ass whooped last night. Mm-hmm. Last week before that, they, they laid an egg against Cairns. So right now, <laughs> you don't know what Phoenix team is going to show up. Brisbane Bullets, they've done it the last three years. What have they done? Take you to the last game of the season yeah. to determine if they're going to make it or not. Yeah. Right? Cool. They got a stacked squad. Lamontis is out of here at the end of this season. Yeah. Will he go into the finals and then leave? Leave, Or, again, will they wait till the final game and then don't make it? 
Shit we'll see yeah. shortly. Sydney Kings. They've been hit with injuries all year. Coach Adam Ford has done a fantastic job. Yeah. With despite what the situation is for them. They're going to come down. They got a big game today. Will they beat Illawarra, who already punched their ticket in for finals? Illawarra today, tonight, plays Sydney. Huge game. Battle of New South Wales. Will they win it? They got to win to keep their hopes alive to win the last game to mm -hmm. determine if they get fourth. So it's great stuff happening right now yeah. for the NBL for that fourth spot. But ultimately, without Bryce Cotton, my hat goes to Melbourne United. You reckon he's done for sure? He's not going to play finals? He's done. He's done. He's done. So you reckon United are going to take the championship? For sure. No cotton. It's over for Perth. You can't run flex. <laughs> you think anyone else? You don't think anyone else outside of that, out of those two yeah. teams? No? Nope. Who's been, a team that, uh, who's been a team that surprised you in, in a negative way, in a way that just hasn't come out and performed this year, which you looked at their list on paper the start of the season and, or even you know, going off form last year and expected them to do a lot better than what they have? Cairns. Yep. Now, Cairns had two big injuries, Quatnoy and Majuk Deng, but they started the year off horrible with yeah. everybody healthy. The only player that was gone was DJ Newbill, but he was the head of the defensive snake. He was the head. Mm -hmm. And you lose defensive player of the year, I thought they would have enough to at least yep. be more competitive than what they were. To start and finish bottom of the ladder the whole year, that just that was just disappointing. Out of the uh, yeah, one of the questions I asked Jeremy the other week is uh, is if uh, if it was to ever happen at some point in time, particularly the, let's say this season, just uh, just a hypothetical question: Who do you think would win a game out of the All Star Five of Aussie players versus imports? Hmm. And and to second that question, I would love to know like who your who your starting five would be for the All Star team. You know regardless of whether they're imports or Aussies for this year? Well, that's a good question. I mean, I'm going to go with the imports. Imports I'm for the W? Tyler Harvey. Bryce Cotton, that's the back court. Come on, B. Who is stopping that? <laughs> I'm going to just stop right there. <laughs> Tyler Harvey and Bryce Cotton in the back court. At 60 points apiece. That's 60, that's 60 combined right there. But um, my first, I'll tell you my my first first team all NBL. Yep. Jock Landell, John Mooney, Tyler Harvey, Bryce Cotton, John Mooney, Tyler Harvey, Bryce. Okay, those are inside. Bryce Cotton, Tyler Harvey. Who's the other guy? Who you got one I more. What do you got? Three Nathan men. Sobe. I think I got Nathan Sobe. Sobe. Yeah. No, 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 no. I didn't. I didn't. I don't. On a good game. Playoffs. Who the hell did Sobe. I have? As much as I talk about this list, we surprised that Sobe initiated that missed that initial squad. Yeah, I, I was surprised, I was but surprised. you know what? Guess what? What he did was what he was supposed to do. He responded. Destroy the league. Mm. I'm gonna make you pick me. Yeah. I'm gonna make you. I'm gonna make you say sorry and change your mind. <laughs> you gonna add me? That's how you do it. Yeah. You don't complain. That's adversity, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He was with the Pro Cup team. You would automatically assume he'd be picked in the top 25. Wasn't. No problem. 
I'm not going to complain. I ain't bitching. I'm going to bust everybody's ass. And yeah. that's what he did. He forced their hands. And that's at times what you got to do. Yeah. Adversity hits. Okay, no problem. Deal with it head on. Mm-hmm. Don't complain. Don't cry. Deal with it head on and change your fate. Change what's what's in front of you. Yeah. Change it. Yeah, take control. That's what he did. Yeah. You, so you going with Sobe for that last spot? Tyler Harvey, Cotton, Sobe. And I think that was it. Tyler Harvey, Cotton, Sobe. Jock. Jock and Moondog. Nice. That's a good starting five, huh? What, yeah. uh, I mean, I want to touch on, I want to quickly touch on, on Josh Giddy, And I also want to get your thoughts on, on, uh, I guess, predictions for, for the, the NBA season and who's going to take it out. Um, Josh Giddy, obviously, uh, incredible player. He's going to do big things. It's, it's epic that he's declared for the draft. How, how do you, where do you see him going in the draft? And, um, and yeah, give us your thoughts on Josh as a player. Um, Josh is 6'9". I don't think people actually know he grew a little bit. 6'9". <laughs> and um, he's 6'9". And I was in Tasmania when Adelaide played uh, uh, New Zealand when yep. the game got relocated down there for New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. And I was doing court, uh, courtside announcer and interviewer. And he walked by me. And I was like, <laughs> you told him not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to tell, especially with the way he handles the ball. Like, you watch the game and it's, like, it's mental, man. It's like watching Luca. Like, people don't man, understand how big Luca is. It's he, he, that's the future of Australian basketball. And let me tell you why. He had the most pressure on him. Melo and RJ came here. There wasn't, this was the first time two talented next stars came into this league. Mm. The expectation, right? Melo didn't have big expectations. He was in the draft late second round when he first got here. Yeah. He played his way to arguably being number one. For sure, yeah. Now we see the next star program is a success. The whole world knows this. Mm -hmm. Enter the next guy up. The bar is set. Yeah. Will he live up to the hype? Live up to the expectation. And he's coming into a situation where the bar is set. Yep. He's saw success with this. Mm-hmm. The blueprint is there. What you going to do? Yeah. That's pressure. That's pressure, yeah. I remember he's a little kid. He's 18, man. He's 18. <laughs> Mental. Man, what I saw that kid do, every game, he grew and got better. There was a spurt. There was a... It was four games when he had three out of four of those games, triple doubles. Yeah, there was one or two where he was like one assist away from another he, from triple double as well. Yeah. You know how many, you know how many triple doubles he, he flirted with the triple double. So for me, he had average, I think, 12, seven, and seven. Mm. Mellow average 16, seven, and seven. So he's two buckets away off of the same numbers. Mello had his team one more mm-hmm. and like his team one more. Yeah. So if Mello was arguably number one, yeah. my opinion should have been one, but it's best that he went three because now he's going to be rookie of the year. So it all yeah. worked out. But the point is the argument all year, number one. Yeah. I believe this young man 
could go top five. Yeah, people say, oh, the top five is set. It's set. There's nothing set. Nothing set, yeah. I can guarantee you when he hit those three triple-doubles in four games, that streak, those GMs that have the potential top five picks, which we don't know yet because the lottery didn't come out, Yeah. you better fucking believe they were like, yo, maybe we need to take this kid. You We're know why? Yeah, yeah. The blueprint was already set because look what happened with Melo. Yeah. So now you can gauge yeah. what that is based off of what Melo and RJ did, mm-hmm. right? So for me, he'll be top 10. If you don't go top five, that's cool. He's a lottery pick. That's the point. Yeah. But now it's like all these other young juniors can have somebody they identify with and look up to because he's one of their own. He's Ozzy. Yeah, for sure. Right? Yeah. You can love Melo and RJ, but he's not an outsider. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they, yeah. They're not here. Yeah. Not here. <laughs> but now you like, yo, you got a next talk. If Giddy could do it, I could do it. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. influencing the whole culture in a whole yeah. other way. It's never been done before. Not from a guard perspective. Yeah, it's amazing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. What, uh, in the NBA now, who, who are you liking? Who do you think is going to take it out? Oh, I'm rolling with Brooklyn all day. Brooklyn all day, yeah. Man, listen. Against who? That trio? Who, who against whoever. <laughs> Just bring them rings. Put, they, put their initials on them already. <laughs> but, um, I mean, LeBron is out of here. Yep. Young boys ain't having it, man. Them young boys hungry. Mm. They're playing against their idol who's in year 18. These guys are like year three, four, five. The legs, no AD, they're like, we got them. Yeah, yeah. It's time to take the old man out. We can all <laughs> gang up on him. We got him. What? These young, talented kids led by Chris Paul, as long as Chris Paul's shoulder's okay, it's over, man. <laughs> man. Look, I, I'm so appreciative of your time today. I'd love to sit here and just fucking chat with you all day. And I mean, once this lockdown's done, we need to grab a coffee and just talk basketball for a few hours. But um, look, man, I'd love to know where, you know, we've talked about the whole manifestation law of attraction. You know, you know where you want to be. You, you're doing everything necessary to, to get there. Where, where is that? Like, where, where does uh, homicide want to be in five years time from now? And, and, you know, you're doing everything necessary to make it happen. So what does that look like for you? Where's Homicide going to be in five years? Not where he want to be. Where he's going to be. Where are you going to be? Where are you going to be? Fa- where are you going to be Zooming me from in five years' time so we can go back to this episode and talk about it on the podcast? I can't say yet. <laughs> but i tell you this. You guys are going to have to tune in in five years' time. You to need to timestamp this. And in five years, let's do the interview. 100%. Yeah, I'm going to hold you to that. You do that. Do that. I fuck yeah. <laughs> Corey, thanks so much for your time, man. I really do appreciate it. I've loved this episode and I'm sure everyone um, who's tuned in has as well. And you guys, if you've, if you've loved today's episode, we'd love for you to take a screenshot, post it up on your Instagram story, tag myself, tag Corey. I'll have the links to all these socials in the show notes below. Uh, man, keep doing your thing. Uh, very inspiring from the outside in. And again, just uh, mad respect and thanks so much for your time. My guy, man. Have a good one, man. I appreciate it. Much appreciated. Thank you, Corey. All right, bro. Peace.